So today I want to um, bring into our exploration the root cause for disconnecting from Seva again and again. And I would like to use Tsiga um, Control's book, his book about Seva. And he has a chapter um, about this. And uh, in a way, it's the title says it all. And the title is Clinging to the Self, the Root of All Impediments. So clinging to the self, that's the root of all impediments. So the impediments, the root of all um, obstacles, the root of uh, reactivity, the root of self-centeredness, the root of uh, taking what is happening uh, too serious. So, what's the root of any challenge, of any problem we have, that what we call problem? The root cause for that is the clinging to the self. So that's what I would like to emphasize a bit today. And hoping not to make it into too much uh, conceptual discussion in, in your mind. So it's very likely to happen because the makeup, the makeup I will resist and will, will start a discussion. Um, so I hope I can I can be a bit non-confrontative <laughs> so that uh, so that there's not so much um, discussion necessary and I can rather <coughs> increase the curiosity uh, uh, looking into your experience and being surprised. So I will just uh, kind of give you a bit of uh, some quotes of this, um, this chapter. And of course, uh, we all have heard this teaching, so it's not, I mean, you know, last year I used Lama Yesha's writing around this, so uh, it, it's, there's no Dharma book without this, because, I mean, that's, that's the key. So there is no Dharma book without pointing to the non-existent or the made up the made up <coughs> the, the making up of a central position and then the identification with it so in the Dharma we often speak about the self or ego clinging to the self is said to be the source of all suffering and the source of samsara as whole 
So clinging to the self is said to be the source of all our suffering. So there is experience, and then we make up the central position. Then we identify with the central position. And then we defend the central position. And we see that what is happening to this make made-up central position as very serious and the most important thing in the world. So the problem is not that there's something happening. The problem is the challenge arises because there's something happening, but then we put something extra on top of it. Ah, there is a feeling. There must be an I who owns this feeling. So we don't have a sense anger is arising. We have a sense I am angry. And this I is something extra. So this is a bit like uh, uh, we used to uh, know when, when there was lightning, we used to make up the Tor. Oh, there's a lightning. There must be someone doing it. So because we didn't understand that lightning is an open process, an interdependent arising connected with everything else, which does not need someone doing it. It's just happening. It's emerging out of a, out of one, out of oneness. It's emerging, lightning. And then we cut this connected process out of the net of causes and conditions. We cut it out, kind of we make a mark with a marker, we cut borders around it, we call it lightning, and we perceive it as an independent, real existent phenomena out of itself, independent from everything else, kind of cut off, and then we add the eye to it the Tor. And it's shocking to realize that Tor is a fantasy. It's made up. It does not exist. But once we have made up Tor, we start to worry about him. Is he happy? Whom is he marrying? Can he have the throne? Has he lost his hammer? <laughs> So all these worries. Yeah. <laughs> all these worries. Uh, we get really we could get really anxious. I mean we could then, you know, make you know we could write books and make movies <coughs> about Tor, about something we make up. So that's that's what we do. So when we cling to the self, we automatically feel the need to cherish and protect it. So that's like, sometimes I call it, there's the self-grasping. So that is uh, uh, identify, um, crea creating, so the self-grasping is creating the central position through the conceptual mind. It's a function of the conceptual mind. Conceptual mind does not mean that that uh, no uh, that that conceptual mind is very elaborate. 
So a dog is also doing that. A dog has enough conceptual mind to create a sense of a central position. Of course, for us it is more uh, more complex because we uh, we uh, we have this capacity, you know, of <coughs> creating really a lot of stories and attributes and uh, all kinds of stuff around this central position. So that is uh, self uh, uh, self grasping, and then from self grasping. Uh, comes self-cherishing. So self-cherishing does not refer to uh, in a balanced way, look after yourself and all the stuff we have been practicing and which is important. So self-cherishing means a kind of narcissistic preoccupation with with that made-up self. So it's like this mantra, what about me? What about me? So, like, entering all situations, entering all relationships with the question, what can I get out of this for me, for me, for me, for me? Where's the best place for me? How can make this person, how can this make me happy? Me, me. So that's like the, the, the that's, that's what's meant with self-cherishing. It's like a, it's, a, it's like, an exaggerated self-importance around something which we make up. So when we cling to the self, we automatically feel the need to cherish and protect it. So, so to protect it, I mean, it's like when we f- when we feel criticized, when we feel not seen. Yeah. So, what we, what we protect there, what we what we are protecting there, what we're defending there, is the made-up self, is the, is the identification with the central position. That's what we protect. This leads to experiencing disturbing emotions, such as attachment, aggression, aggression and jealousy. Driven by these emotions, we continue to harm ourselves and others. So that's like this process is being described in the 12 links of depending arising. So self-grasping and then self-cherishing. And from the self-cherishing, the arising of uh, disturbing emotions. And then acting in harmful way. Acting in, in, in a way, in violent ways. Uh, so then the lying starts, the stealing starts, the cheating starts, the putting others and yourself down start so the whole you know that's that's the development of wars yeah that's the development of violence so there's different levels to work with this of course on a on a provisional level we uh, learn practices how to respond to this urges to this violent urges which arise in us in in a in a in a good way, so that's like the provisional mindfulness practice. Yeah. Uh, but we also slowly, slowly, we want to go deeper. We want to really go to the root. Why does why do these urges of violence uh, arise in the first place? So 
So once our mind has a bit more, uh, a bit more space, and we can, uh, and we can uh, investigate, because we are not in a, in a reactive state, uh, then we we go to the root. And this is of course this takes time. So it's it's a slow, it's a gentle and slow <coughs> process of deconstructing the identification with the central position. This is the very formula of samsara, so that's you know, this process. This. From, so we can see how self-clinging is the opposite of the, warm of the warm tenderness that naturally flows from our open heart. So then he says, we, we, sh we should first look into what is meant by self. Yeah? So this is, so what is it? You know, what is actually the object of negation? It's called the, the object of negation, the object of refutation. What is it actually when you kind of say in a simplified way, the self does not exist. What what kind of self is it? What what is that self? Yeah. So that's important. Once you have figured out what the object of negation is, then the next step is quite easy. So one needs to really take time to understand when, in Buddhism, uh, they talk about selflessness or egolessness. Uh, you know what is this? This process, what is this empty of? What, what, yeah? So what is meant with self? What kind of self does not exist and what kind of self exists? Because it's obvious, you are there and I am here. And something is happening. Yeah. So when, we, when, when it's said, when, when it says the self does not exist, or the self is made up, that's how it exists. Yeah. So we need to be more clear about what that is. And uh, so there's different ways. So this is, uh, this is quite simple, the way you put it, but uh, mm, it's, you know, it's good to listen to different teachers uh, and different ways to uh, navigate in this territory. So he says, there are two main ways we can think about the self. First, we can say that the self is simply the one who experiences. The one who experiences. So there, there we have him, the one who knows. So that's not the self which is being negated, because the one who knows obviously is here. Yeah. Otherwise, there would be no experience. So if you would say I, and you would actually, uh, so it would be like, not I, like, yeah, but, uh, no, it's like I. Yeah, so you say I, but you point to the boundless, centerless presence, which we all share, which is not personal, which is timeless. 
So then whenever you would say I, you would have a kind of a mini enlightenment, a Buddha moment. But when we say I, quite often what we refer to is this central position, I. It's a central position which, which seems to be, uh, the experience is, it seems to be that there is, you look upon a world, an objective world out there from a central position. And this central position is, you know, maybe somewhere behind the eyes. You know, as if there, you know, there could be like a sense, almost like there's a kind of owner somewhere in the brain using your, your eye, using eyes, using your eyes, not, not just eyes, but your eyes, uh, to look out into a world which exists there, waiting to be discovered by you. Yeah. So first we can say that the self is simply the one who experiences. Who is that? Yeah, so who is that? Who is that? The one who is experiencing. Of course, uh, the initial answer to that is yeah, I. Yeah, so there again you have this, yeah, I, I experience this. So it's, it, I mean, it's like, there is, exp it's, it's, it's like, it's, 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 uh, it's so quick, it's instinctively, there is an experience, there needs to be an I. And we don't get that it is something which actually happens after. It's like, it happens after. It's something we add to something which does not need the I for happening. It's not needed. So who is that? And then she, he talks a bit about that. I mean, who is that? In the end, will remain a mystery. Yeah. So the the who who is that? The one who's experiencing is nothing to figure out with a conceptual mind. Yeah. So it remains this this mystery, and we have you no. Know, quite often, and also in this retreat, I came from the other direction. So I pointed, I pointed to, to this first, to the one who's experiencing. And the reason for that is that then the mini-I stays quiet, yeah, because it does not feel threatened. Because the mini-I is that, yes, I am the ever-present witness. Wow, that's great. I want to be that. I don't need to defend that. That's fantastic. That's another ornament I can I can carry. Yeah, uh, another medal. So I am ever present witness. Look at me. <laughs> so that's a kind of trick in the Mahamudra tradition. Yeah, so that they don't go for the mini mini eye, but they they sneak around. And make you a bit comfortable and say, "Yeah, it's, it's you exist, you know." So, <laughs> and then, and then, and then you 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 start to you start to uh, get a different kinds of confidence, a different kinds or kind of 
uh, a different kind of safety place so that when then they come for the mini eye you already have a bit of you know a bit of home yeah. so <clears throat> who is that it can't be merely the body because on its own the body does not have any experience so, so yeah we don't need to go in Uh, it's called uh, tenderness. Tenderness. Yeah, tenderness. Siga come true when Training in tenderness. Training in tenderness. Yeah, training in tenderness. He is uh, the the teacher of uh, Pema Children. I mean, since 20 years before it was true by Rinpoche, but. Uh, So he, he talks about consciousness. Yeah? It, so then he says, it is our consciousness who experience all the stages of this life. Our consciousness, of course, it's stupid to say. So it's very difficult to talk here because when I say our consciousness, then immediately there's a sense, yeah, my consciousness. I have a consciousness. I am aware. There is no denying this dream of experience. There is no denying a self who experiences. So maybe you could say, no, this self, in some tradition it's called the big self. Yeah? The big self. The big self is the one which is written with a big letter. So the big self is the one who knows and that's, that's what exists. And then there is the mini-me and that's extra. And the big self, the big self does not move. You never move. You never go anywhere. Can you, can you see that? <laughs> yes, the body moves. Things move through you. But that to which this all, all this moves, does not move. You are always in the same place. You don't grow old. It's, it's so nice. <laughs> Because you don't lose anything. Yeah? So it's, you know, you can, you, you, it's still the rain is falling and the sun is shining and, and you learn and uh, you can read books and... Uh, And watch movies and you know and and have sex and you know all that. But you do you don't you 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 don't move. You are always in peace. And nothing which moves through can harm you or can poison you or is in any way dangerous or there's also nothing too much there's nothing too much nothing is too heavy or too painful or too blissful uh, 
it's like the sky. So that self, the big self, that's not being denied. And actually, this is actually what we mean when we say I. That's, no, that's when we say I. No, if you kind of, if you fall down, if you kind of, so you say I, but you, of course you are not the body. Yeah? So it's like I, so you kind of, you fall through to all that impermanent, vibrating, connected with everything stuff, which is moving all the time. So you fall through that. Where do you land? That's going to happen to you soon. You will fall through all that to the eight stages of disillusion in the death process. <coughs> and I mean, again, you can't say you fall through that. There is nobody falling there. So, but then, then at the end, when what is called in the death process, the dawning of the mother clear light of death, um, the, that's the one that's the one who knows called Rigpa or Öse or the Dhammadhatu Buddha nature A and the one who knows is the only one who can know anything so what is being experienced right now the only the only thing in the universe the only the only one who can know is Rigpa, is Ösel, is the clear light, the mother clear light mind of death. And you are already that. But you kind of res you kind of don't want it. It feels it feels better in this it feels a bit safer or comfortable or it feels more familiar or because from from the Buddhist point of view you have done you this ha has happened since beginningless time this contraction I I I and this contraction needs to be repeated in each moment yeah so the, in each moment there is actually a death so sometimes it's not so strong like when you are by the lake and you kind of relax then then the central position starts to you know dissolve a bit right? so and might it you might even have a, an experience of boundaryless and centerless and oneness right? so it's quite so that would be a, 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 an awakening experience which as swedish people we wouldn't call like that yeah but it is It is an awakening experience. So, uh, so but then, so but then you turn around and someone passes and he looks a little bit grumpy. You take it personal. <laughs> 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 so that enlightenment was not that stable. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's uh, it, it, it's uh, it, 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 it's it, it's a process of uh, 
dissolving or deconstructing the identification with this. It could be, I mean, I'm not sure, but that's my experience that, and that's also what other teachers say, that the sense of I will continue to arise. So what first kind of starts to drop on top is the identification with the sense of self which arises. And of course, to function in the world, you know, there needs to be a kind of sense of self. So a sense of, yeah, these are my boundaries, these are my needs. When I eat, then I put uh, food here, yeah? And uh, so this, you know, I need to pay my bills. So there needs to be a bit of uh, like a central position. And in our upbringing, no, is it a, a child, obviously, a, a baby does not have, have this. It needs to learn. Yeah? From the Buddhists, the Buddhists say it's inborn. There's already the, the capacity there or the potential. But from a Western point of view, I think many would say, no, it's completely constructed. You know, and you can see that in little babies, they really start to. They, they, it's a process of, of, starting to figure out. Wow, I'm separate. There is the other, and this is me. <coughs> and then from outside, they get they get this brainwashing. Yeah, this is your hand. This is your name. This is your position in society. Yeah. So and then. But this process is necessary and needs to needs to happen in a good way, in a healthy way. Otherwise, you would uh, you would be called uh, psychotic. But maybe like uh, this pulsating you're talking about, like like it's a universal thing, and. Um, the pulsating from being centered. From the yeah. mini me. Mm. I don't know, maybe when you talk about um, everything, like nothing moves, mm-hmm. you're moving inside. I think maybe maybe it's possible to deconstruct even further to have that experience. For me, it feels more like a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so, y- yes, and mm-hmm. yes, and that which is aware of this pulsating does not pulsate. So, yeah. So now here, so this is important, and it's quite nice that he he starts like that. He kind of uh, says, "Hey, when we say the self does not exist, we need to talk first about the self which does exist." So, because. Uh, otherwise, the the resist the resistance towards the teachings will be more will be stronger when when he would start the other way around. Yeah. If he would start with attacking uh, attacking the mini me, without giving you the, the alternative, then the resistance will be stronger. The self that causes all the problems is something much more than that which experiences, than that 
So here he says not the one, but that which experiences. So that's a way to, <coughs> to take the eye of the one who knows. This self is an unconscious, habitual projection of the mind without any reality. A projection, like Tor is a projection, made up. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the, uh, who's, what's the name of the guy who brings the presents at, in Christmas? Santa Claus. Santa Claus. So, when we were very small, there were present, presents under the tree. A present, a present was under the tree. And we took that as evidence that there needs to be Santa Claus. And then we made up Santa Claus. And, and then we got afraid of Santa Claus. <coughs> so, after a while, we realized that the evidence of presence under the tree is not an evidence for the existence of Santa Claus. So in the same way we start to see that the experience of thoughts and feelings and sensations and sounds and tastes is not evidence for, a, for an I, for an owner. Did I share this you walk in the woods, and I was walking on stones, and it was a bit slippery, so I lost the balance. And then before I could think, like what we call a reflex, my hand was grabbing a tree. Mm-hmm. And I thought, who grabbed that tree? Mm-hmm. And then I continued to walk, and I reflected on, now here I think that I'm controlling my feet. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to return to mm-hmm. the side. Mm-hmm. But what is the difference between the hand? Mm-hmm. It was quicker than my thought. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of that the process re- revealed itself, or yeah. the eye was taken in. Yes. Um, so that there is not nobody. What I think, because I think that I now I'm walking, and I decide where to mm. walk, but I didn't decide over no. the hand. No. There could not be no difference between. I understand. Yes, it's a good example. Yes, after I walk. Yeah, and after you after you grabbed, you you might think, ah, yeah. Who grabbed? But I walk. Yeah, but probably (laughs) in that, what's very likely to happen at that moment is then after that, you have a sense, ah, I was lucky. Yeah, but I was thinking somebody else control my hand. Yeah. But I control the feet. And I feel yes. absurd of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then I can think I don't control anything actually. That's right. <laughs> After this teaching I think I have. Yes. Before yeah. I would call it a reflex yeah. of the body. Yes. An intelligent body, but it's just an explanation. Yeah. yeah. To believe in that. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And that's so ordinary. Yes. Happen. This happens. Yeah. Day. Yes. Yes. And uh, it uh, possibly in retreats or after retreats, this kind of experience or insight they they arise more likely. Yeah. yeah?
we can't force them, but uh, they arise more likely. So, but even though it has no reality, we believe in it strongly, never questioning it, never questioning in it. So it seems to absurd. It seems something in us feels it's absurd. It's absurd. I don't listen to this bullshit. It's it's philosophy. It's uh, it's uh, it's absurd. Imagine I would tell this to my mother. <laughs> yeah. It's absurd. For, and, and, and since we, we are living in, a, in this culture, I mean, to dare to, to relax into this, it, it's, it's, it's quite brave. Because it seems to be the most obvious that there is an I. We identify with it and feel it is the most important thing in the universe. It's the precious, the, the precious. Remember in the Lord of the Rings, the precious. The precious is for us the eye. This intense, painful clinging to an illusion, intense pain to an illusion, a painful clinging, this intense, painful clinging to an illusion, so, you know, seeing, uh, um, recognizing, you know, there is a, this, this, this is what is called the cause for great compassion. Because not only you, 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 you are, you become more in, in touch with the pain of other people because you can afford to, because there's nothing to defend here, nothing to be overwhelmed by the pain in the world and by the pain of others. But on top of that, so you are more <coughs> in touch with what is happening in others, but on top of that, you have this, oh, and it's not necessary. It's, it's a mistake. It's, they are dreaming. Yeah. So that is called great compassion. So it, it, there is a, a, this insight intensifies the tenderness in your heart. So this intense painful clinging to an illusion is the deeper reason we have so much trouble opening our tender heart. But by looking closely at how we project this illusory self, we can gradually free ourselves from our belief and attachment. Then there will be nothing to stop our innate savor from flowing to all beings. So and then, it's quite long, sorry, but it's so important. Uh, so then he's, he talks about the three, three important characteristics of this illusory self. So this is part of 
becoming more clear of the object of negation, the object of refutation. Gaksha in Tibetan. The word is Gaksha. That's the object of refutation, the object of uh, negation. So we need to be really clear of what, what this moment is empty of. Yeah. So the three characteristics. First, first of all, it is singular. So singular means that there's one. We have a sense there's one. Yeah. And it's it's quite funny because the one the one who has the eye hat you know, is quite different. I mean sometimes the mother has the eye hat, sometimes the little child has the eye hat, some uh, sometimes the the uh, the the lover has the eye hat. So but somehow we we manage to uh, to bind to bind an experience together of a singular I. Uh, so that it is singular. So there's one. There's one of us. But in fact, you know, it, you know, it could be. No, when the, when a decision is made, yeah, there's many mental processes happening in the subconscious, and it's like a board meeting of many people. But in this board meeting, all the people they are called John, they all are named John. <laughs> so when the decision is made out of this subconscious processes, we say John made the decision. <laughs> It was not the little boy, it was not the dictator, it was not the scared one. No, it was John. John made the decision because they are all called John. <laughs> so it's very good, uh, you know, to to look into the teachings on uh, the fifty-one mental factors because. The purpose for, of this teaching is to realize that there is many processes happening all the time and that the mind is not a unified thing, like one thing. Even though you are made of many parts, you don't think of yes, yourself as plural. You know, this is you know, one of the Reasonings used in the Madhyamika philosophy. Yeah. There's many, and many is mutually exclusive to one. So there's many parts. So the body is made of many parts, the mind is made of many parts. But we are looking for one. And that's what the sense, the sense we have, that there's one. So this is quite easy to look into this process and not find the one, because you will always find many. Like you could just, for example, uh, contemplate that this this body is this process of millions of millions of cells. It's like a community. yeah. 
millions of cells, cells working together. And there's all these processes. So in this community, which is, by the way, open, so you can't even cut the community out. We do that with a conceptual mind, but it's open. So, but let's stay in this community, which is connected with all other communities. But then it's easy to see there's, there's not a control center in it. There's not an owner. There's no, no part of this community which can, can, can claim, I'm in charge. For that, it's also good to look into neuropsychology because that's what they try to do. They, they try to find a kind of control center in the brain. There must be a, a, like a, a decision maker in the brain. And they, they looked for it. But of course, it does not exist, so they can't find it. So now they, they need to describe how can a, a decision be can arise out of the debate between many different processes. How can a, a decision emerge out of that without there being someone making a decision? By the way, now it gets, it gets difficult, we just threw free will out of the window. Goodbye. It's gone. <laughs> so now, when you hear, we just threw free will out of the window, that which battles with that, that's the mini-eye. There you have it. Well, sometimes you can claim that you have like intuition that's uh, made the right decision. Yes, and intuition. intuition is arising. Yes. Intuition is arising. It's like one of the mental factors. Yeah, it's arising out of the... It, there's ways to explain it with these different processes and the subsystems within these processes. Uh, but the thing is that when you say, uh, you know, my intuition or there was... So then you confirm that the one who has the intuition. But there is intuition. There is intuition, so you f the, 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 the arises, there, there is the arising of moving to the right and by this book. So that's undeniable. But there is no one separate, solid, autonomous who decide who, who has an intuition. Intention is the same. Intention arises. It is something which is at one point out of these conferences of these subsystems in the subconscious mind arises in intention. And then it and this intention is like or you can call it in, intuition uh, is uh, is like the lightning. So it arises and then we need to make up, we make up the I who is having this intention. So uh, 
free will just went out of the window. Yes? So you need to get used to that. Mm -hmm. <coughs> um, can I take something? Yeah. Uh, I just got the thought that I think is quite interesting because I listened to um, um, it was some forsker uh, scientists mm. who uh, were talking about diseases and they had found something new how their cells communicate and they were talking about that it was light impulses maybe and, uh, and uh, when you maybe uh, poison your body or something, these light impulses could uh, decrease and then the cell could like feel lonely and mm -hmm. then a disease started and then I just now thought like maybe could there be a, like a, the false eye feeling, the meaning even in a, a cell mm. like on the smaller mm. level mm. can there be like mm. that they really have also mm. this mm. false feeling of an eye and they feel lonely and cannot communicate and then they start the war yes. yeah. mind because the, the, the false sense of I does not need to have a complex conceptual mind like it does not need to have the mind which is able to tell stories and have memories it's it's much more basic mm. yeah, so would be interesting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you talk yes. about intuition would you say that intuition is a own process or is it also things coming together and yes yeah, also it? coming together i mean the nothing exists like like findable concretely no, so if I you if you would if you would look for for in something which we call intuition, you would also feel part. You f will find parts, and if you would look into that parts, you will find parts. Okay. Yeah, so intuition is as everything else is empty, unfindable. Okay. Nevertheless, nevertheless, functionable. So, your conceptual mind at this moment should have a bit of <laughs> a bit of a panic. <laughs> so, this is the longest talk in the retreat. So, it is singular, just very short. Then. It is unchanging. There's a sense of that it does not change. No, there's a sense of that the I who came here this morning to take the precepts is the same I who is sitting here now. Yeah. And of course, it, it, as soon as we start to think about it, it's obvious that this is, uh, this is not the case. But it, we have that sense. Because, you know, our... Our feelings have changed, what we think has changed, our body has changed. So to feel it's the same I who came here to the retreat and the I who's sitting here is, is, is made up. It's a conceptual, it's a story we tell ourselves. So that's 
it is singular it's unchanging and the third is it is autonomous this means it exists objectively on its own self-powered out 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 of itself yeah uh, a self that somehow exists separately from the rest of the world like out of out of itself inherently it's it's also one word So, and because we have a sense that is this this self is unchanging, autonomous, and uh, singular, singular, autonomous, and unchanging. And this is made up, but because it we have a sense. That's why how we identify with it. We cling to that. Yeah, so I think that's enough. Uh, this afternoon I will... Um, a bit further in that in that um, so let's just sit quietly uh, just 10 minutes or so to to shift a bit now from the conceptual level and then we do a walking meditation As always, just take the time to notice what's happening for you without uh, trying to control it or do anything with it. Notice how this, uh, notice the aftermath of the dialogue and my talking. And uh, with the in breath, you embrace. Noticing the earth which is carrying you and the surroundings.
stabilize the mind you could bring something into the focus of attention of your attention to engage with it your hands or the rising and falling of the belly <coughs> or sounds thoughts continue to arise but they become less important There is the self which exists, exists, one who knows. the self which is made up that's the owner 
the body and mind. The mini-me. step backward and rest as the one who knows boundaryless and centerless
when you say I, see if you can dissolve back into the, dissolve into the background, into the non-moving mind. space from from where you look so the space from where looking is happening ground, the centerless center. face before you were born.
example, there is uh, the deeper the deeper purpose of walking meditation and also yoga is to have to experience how movement arises without someone there doing it. And you can maybe contemplate the example of Eva a bit. Yeah. So that's that's the deeper the the, the deeper direction we can go in, in walking meditation and in yoga is yes there's movement arising but it's just happening there is no autonomous uh, unchanging singular mini eye somehow riding here controlling I mean that would be too much anyway controlling or deciding so there's this koan one could, could bring into the walking meditation and that is who is walking yeah I of course I am walking. Okay. Let's do that.